0: talk dirty to me the quick and the dirty with hillary and sandra
1: you're kidding me here are things
0: that i have put in my mouth Um, oh my god hillary (laughs) it's what everyone is talking about i'm hillary from london and i'm sandra from ottawa and welcome to the quick and the dirty podcast it's basically what you talk about with your friends except
1: we record it and post it on the internet for you guys to laugh at and we also have some pretty (laughs) cool guests too
0: yeah, you know, uh, we're not just good time Charlie girls, okay? Sometimes we like to, like to talk about serious stuff. And uh, today we're actually going to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. And, I, you know, obviously we were compelled to talk about this in light of all the things that are going on in Hollywood with the Harvey Weinstein scandal.
1: Exactly. But first we have to talk about our own life scandals. Sandra, you are not going to believe what happened to me. Oh, you
0: know what? What are we, 20 episodes into the quick and the dirty? I bet you I will believe it. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So,
1: you know, those days when you're feeling really good about yourself, you've got like you're trying a new outfit combo, you just feel like you've got it. People are looking, you can tell they're checking you out. Had one of those the other day. I was wearing this gorgeous white blazer, jeans, high boots, heels, and I finished work, still feeling pretty good about myself, go to the grocery store, and as I'm strutting through the meat aisle, I step on a piece of plastic, my feet go out from under me and I literally face planted. No. In the meat aisle of the grocery store. And like at first it was am I okay? Am I okay? And I have this theory about falling. When you're going to fall, you've got to fall as as you have to create the most surface area possible so you don't injure any bones. But <laughs> It wasn't like I fell down to one knee. No. or I stopped. No, uh, I like spread like <laughs> star-fished. a starfish. <cat> so <laughs> you realized the-
0: you were going to fall, and then instead of bracing for impact, you just like you just went out like a cat, or what? Yeah, starfish <laughs> on the floor of the meat aisle. And then those thoughts as I'm laying there doing the
1: check, like feet, ankles, arms, yeah. wrists, because you cause you'd run through that. You're like, am I
0: okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Uh, am I okay. Then I
1: started thinking salmonella, fecal matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know of all the places to fall the meat aisle that's just where you don't want i mean you if you're gonna fall you want to fall in produce everybody knows that right <laughs> no, you don't want to go down in the meat goods. aisle. i know everything's contained <laughs> <laughs> i know so uh, the most important okay first i okay I, was, I should have asked that right away are you okay because <laughs> the next thing i was gonna ask is did anybody see you uh, I am okay.
1: I had a couple bruises on my knees and stuff. And yes, the entire grocery store saw me. So the worst is like you, you do the self-check with the head down, of course, because you're in complete yeah. shame. And that's right. And then you slowly lift your head to check for the damage control to see how many people saw you. And the looks on people's faces, it was like in slow motion. They were con- contorting. And just like everyone's frozen and they're staring at you. Yeah. And you just want to die and hide inside yourself, but you're fine. But did you get up and say, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's fine. (laughs) Did you do that? I did one of those. And then I got up slowly. It felt like 10 minutes. I know it was like maybe 30 seconds. It felt, I swear,
0: like 10 minutes. (laughs) Please tell me someone came to try and help you. I mean, Uh, don't. They didn't just leave you there like, you know, a starfish.
1: A lady came over to try and help me, but then you have to explain, uh, I'm not very steady on my feet, and if you help me, we'll both go down, and it'll be even more embarrassing. So just, you know, give me a second. I want to make sure everything works. I yeah. got up, and I thought, okay, not too bad. Like, one lady reacted. We're going to be okay. Uh, about 15 minutes later, when I'm done my grocery shopping and I'm at the uh, the desk, the clerk Asks me if I'm okay. Or, oh, no. I heard about your fall. Um, no. Are you sure you're okay? You need to fill out in an incident report? <laughs> like, I don't need to fill out a goddamn incident report. I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's right. Stop
0: fucking talking about it. And Just then... give me my dignity. <laughs> Let me just leave. I know. And I'm still
1: looking around at the other caches. Everybody's still making that face like, oh. oh. Like, oh. they just... <laughs> Because you put yourself in other people's positions, right? When you see something like that happen, you wonder what it would be like to be them. And I can tell you,
0: it was terrifying. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're okay. But you're, I just, again, to reiterate, your face is okay, right?
1: Yeah, I thought Thank I might have hit my nose, but I, I think I'm okay.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't care. Break a bone, break a wrist, just not the moneymaker. I know. Don't never mess with the moneymaker. <laughs> it's. I'd rather. I'd rather break a bone than have a lot of witnesses to my shame. Like, I would much rather just nobody see what transpired and have a worse injury. You know I was, what I mean? Yeah. I can't have that. I can't have it on a camera. I can't. I, I just die. Because <laughs> you and I, don't forget, I've had two kids. When I fall, there's a very good chance I'll piss myself on the way down. There's a very good chance. <laughs> and that's Izzy, just... <laughs> are you pissing yourself from shame or impact? Like, is it... Yeah, no, impact. <laughs> impact because it, when if if you could brace yourself for impact if I have a 5 second warning I might be able to clench but if I don't have that opportunity to clench it's and then once I start oh well here we go now we're talking about oh. once I start it's all coming out I can't stop it oh, no. I can't stop it it's like in the mafia once you're in you're oh, in it oh my god can you imagine you just someone have to commit to it catching that on youtube <laughs> That's why I don't want any fucking witnesses to it. <laughs> and you know what? That that brings me to my quick because when you talked about your fall, it reminded me of a really really bad fall I had in February and just last week I finally got in to see um uh, an ear nose and throat.
1: Why would you need an ear nose and throat doctor for a fall? Like, did you hit your face? <laughs> yes.
0: Oh God. Yes, You're I was a in there. Uh, I will I say, in at, if I did this right, I'd own Rogers by now. But unfortunately, I didn't do this right. I came in from a. It was a wet day in February. I was wearing my heels. You've seen them, the fabulous. And I was walking through the kitchen, a very slick floor, and I fell. So, but what, the worst part about it is, you know, when you're holding all this shit, I should have just let it all go and then done a delicate little fall. But I, like an idiot, I didn't let the things I was holding on to go. Okay. So I had nothing to protect my face when I went down, like an idiot.
1: Yeah, I, it's I like went... people who walk on ice with their hands in their pockets. It's dumb. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's right. And if you do that, you deserve to fall, right? So you so deserve like, you're, you're to t- fall. Okay. It's We've like established you, that. It's exactly. So I obviously, <laughs> okay. So you're right. I was telling the universe, take me now. So I went down, my face <laughs> went right into the cabinets. In fact, the people enjoyed the story so much. It's a white cabinet. My makeup smear is still on it. <laughs> Are you kidding? You I'm should not take even a joking. picture. And there's a little piece of my uh, inner lip. If or it, I, sp- I split my lip open.
1: I can't believe you didn't take a picture of the smear. That's evidence. Even if stuff
0: happens later, <laughs> I did take a picture of the smear. I'll, I'll, you know what? Maybe if you, maybe <laughs> I'll put it on this podcast description so everyone can see a picture of the yeah. smear. And there's a little chunk of my lip, and there's a little blood, too. So I landed on my face, and I did the thing, too. I'm lying there, and I'm thinking, okay, feet are okay, ankles are okay. I was, I ran my my tongue over my teeth to make sure I still had teeth, because I went right in, you know, it was tough. Well, you don't want to, like, get up and smile and have a tooth missing. That's important. <laughs> That's just exactly. So my teeth were okay, and then I touched my nose, which was bleeding, because I could I could taste oh, the blood at that point. Sandra. And Sandra. And then I was like, oh, fuck, did I piss myself? And I didn't, which was shocking, because normally <laughs> I would have, so I was excited. A coworker, a coworker is walking by and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And you know what he does? He leaves. He's like, "Okay." And he leaves me. There. Oh my god. Oh. So I had to anyway. The point of the story is I have a deviated septum septum now and I might need surgery for my nose because ever since then I haven't been right. So that's if I was "Okay, doing- cuz you
1: know the the deviated septum surgery, it's a free nose job.
0: You know that, right?" Well, that's what I'm thinking. I've got a bit of a Greek nose. I mean, I could really take care of some <laughs> So whose here. nose
1: would you go for? Like, if you could pick anybody's nose, whose nose would you have? Are we uh, talking
0: like a lo J-Lo. Uh, J-Lo's nose? I love her nose. She's got the prettiest prettiest face, the prettiest structures. Yeah, and you know, you know I already sort of channel her already, so, you know. Uh, I think you look good with a Mila Kunis. With a Mila Kunis. Do you just go in and ask for the Kunis and they just know? I think so. I'll take like the Lopez, were... please. Extra chisel. While you're there, can you uh, take throw... care of my ass? I was just going to say, whatever you take off the nose, throw it on my ass, and that's the full J-Lo. I love that this is a podcast about sexual harassment, by the way.
2: Where did we
1: go so wrong, Hillary it's okay we're talking about ourselves you can talk and touch yourself as
0: much as you want and it's a-okay that's right the point of the matter is just be glad you didn't land on your face and 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 you don't need a j-lo like i do (laughs) you're fine and you're perfect you're beautiful i'm sorry that people had to see that i think if i got the full j-lo that perhaps my balance would be even worse (laughs) Well that's the thing about having a big booty you've got to have the big front too, which is why I, I successfully stand up every day balance <laughs> but when you don't have balance maybe mm, that's my problem mm. i don't have
1: the um I don't have the front I only have the back you have a fantastic back it's beautiful <laughs> I love your back but um that's right we i you mean yeah, you appreciate it but you would never go near it <laughs> disagree <laughs> Because Disagreed. we're doing a
0: podcast on appropriate behavior, I would Sandra. never touch you in a pro I mean, that's right. But no, that's it doesn't right. count because between you and I, it's always invited. It's co- Absolutely. It's always invited because we love each other and it's done with affection. Okay. Do you think I've covered us off legally there? <laughs> I don't of- know. <laughs> By I- the way, speaking of legally, my second guest has just arrived and she's a lawyer and I'm sure she's taking notes right now thinking, <laughs> when Hillary sues Sandra, I think we could really take her. <laughs> All right, let's get to the seriousness now, because uh, this is...
1: uh a topic that I think most women can relate to. Two weeks ago, the New York Times released a story about Harvey Weinstein, which has essentially changed the conversation about sexual harassment in the workplace and just in life in general. Since then, 25 women have come forward saying that this guy sexually harassed, intimidated and in some
0: cases raped them with all all with the understanding that they would get movie roles if they went along with it. So this story isn't just shocking because we find out that Hollywood still has a uh, casting couch and clearly it's alive and well. But when you hear how many people knew about it and said nothing, that is really the story uh, that is truly unbelievable. And a lot of people are trying to understand why. Uh, so today on the podcast, we have two special guests. The first is actually Sarah, who reached out to me recently and told me about uh, an incident that happened in her workplace 17 years ago. We also welcome Chantal Beaupre of Lister and Beaupre Law Firm. She specializes in labor and employment law and uh, has basically seen a few of these assholes up close and personal. So welcome to the podcast, Chantelle, and welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm just going to, can you move your mic a little bit? Sorry. As we were talking, uh, Chantel just walked in, so I haven't officially met you. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I I feel like Hillary, I didn't actually warn her about the kind of podcast we were doing, and here we are telling a story about the J-Lo and getting the Kunis. (laughs) All right.
1: So let's just make sure those ladies are saddled up right on those microphones because Sandra is a loud-ass bitch, and (laughs) we want to make sure that you are at the same level. Yeah. We're going to start today with Sarah. Um, I'll let you introduce Sarah's story.
0: Yeah. So Sarah reached out to me recently and she uh, told me about an incident that happened. I believe it was 17 years ago. You told me
2: approximately in yeah. your
0: workplace. And I know that this Harvey Weinstein story resonated with you because it was very reminiscent somewhat of something that happened to you. So I know we're not going to talk about the name of the company. That's we've right. agreed. We're not going to talk about uh, the kind of industry that you were in, but it was a male-dominated industry, you mm-hmm. say, right? Yes. yes. Right. So uh, just how did it start?
2: Um, well, when I first chose this company, when I was uh, had finished college and looking for a career, um, I chose this company as uh, where I wanted to work because it was international. It was uh, starting something new and exciting with the internet. And I thought this is a great place for career growth. And it was very exciting. I thought this is a place I'm going to move up. One um, when, when I started, oh, probably it was, it was probably not even really a month after I started, um, a mail manager started just making little flirty comments here and there. It started kind of, on a on a low scale you, stuff that you would hear amongst friends even
0: yeah we all and you know you joke around sometimes yes. in workplaces but you know as a woman you you know the difference between a joke and like okay what's going on here
2: yeah and and at first i kind of just laughed along i thought okay you know that's weird but whatever you, you right. know you get to know you're you're learning when you're a month in you're learning your work culture you you know how the environment is so i thought okay they they're they're kind of casual here they curse in the office they'll crack jokes okay it's not as strict, that's okay. But um, it's it soon escalated um, to him coming over to my desk when other people weren't around. It was a a kind of an open office, there was about 14 of us that could fit in the office. Um, But sometimes there was only one or two of us in at a time. And uh, he would come over and, you know, brush my hair to the side and touch my shoulders and massage and I was young, I was in my early 20s, and this is what my career was. So I thought, okay, you know, I I would kind of just shuffle my shoulders or pull away and step, you know, step away. But it eventually turned into um, really quite crude comments um, about, you know, coming right out saying, you know, have you ever thought about uh, coming over and spending the night? And No, no, I've never thought about that. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Um, um, He would... um, it 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 eventually escalated to him uh again when it was just two two of us alone when no one else was around i'd be at the photocopier he would come up and uh you know put his hand up my skirt if i was wearing a skirt that day um he constantly grabbed my butt um one time he he his hand actually went in and slipped under my panties and touched me and of course again, the culture being in the office that I would swear, I told them to fuck right off, you know? Um, and it was, I, it's funny because now, you know, I, 20 or 20 years later, whatever, 17 years later, I, I, I don't like the way I handled it, but in the moment, all I could think about is, oh my God, what do I do? And you know what to do, but in the moment you think, what, what, do I do? Well, it's your
0: job. It's your career. It's what you're working for. And you're, you're trying to build something like you say.
2: Yeah. And um, for me, it was when he came over to my house. And uh, he came over. And uh, obviously, he looked at my address and my files. And he came over and he basically said, uh, if I didn't sleep with him, you know, he could make or break my career. Um, In those are kinder terms that I just used. <laughs> he was, he was definitely more crude than that.
1: How did those approaches, those advances, how did they make you feel? Did they break down your self-confidence? What, what sort of emotions were you dealing with?
2: Well, at, it's kind of funny. At first, it, at first it gave me a little more confidence because I, it, it, it's weird because I thought, no, I am better than this. I am you know, I'm going to rise above this. He's not going to get me. Um, but then as it continued, and I realized it's not changing, and I realized it's getting worse. I actually, I felt like a kid. I felt like here I am a woman that's, you know, I've, I've, I've graduated college, and I've begun my career. And in my head, all I could think about is, I don't know what to do. Should I call my mom and ask? Oh, no, I don't want to call my mom and ask. Oh, I don't know. Like, I I, I literally had no idea what to do. And I felt like a like a child, I I was I was scared. I I was worried about my career. I was I, I thought, oh my gosh, I, if I leave here, where do I go? What, yeah, how do, but did how, anybody
0: know at all in the office? I mean, you, you say you, so. Your parents weren't. You didn't know. Did you confide in any friends?
2: No, no, I didn't. Um, I I kind of told my roommate at the time that he was a bit of a a jackass manager. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't get into a lot of details so much. Was there uh, a certain
1: amount of shame?
2: Well, he actually a little bit, yeah, because there, he would comment. He eventually would comment on my clothes and say that I, he would say that I'm I'm dressing as though I'm asking for it, and yet I'm wearing like a business skirt that goes to my my knees, and you know, a, a nice top, and um, he would comment on how much leg I'm showing, and I'm like, well, I'm I'm tall, you know, I show leg. There's extra skin that. <laughs> just my my nature that I'm showing like but I wasn't I wasn't wearing anything inappropriate for the workplace ever but he would say that you know look at the way you're dressed you obviously want it and I started actually dressing what I would call more nerdy after I went and I started covering up more I would wear pants I would wear longer shirts um big sweaters
0: what was the what was the moment where you finally said that's enough. That's enough of this. I'm going to management and I'm telling on this piece of shit.
2: Um, I, I for- I'm putting
0: words in your mouth, by the way. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> but I'm assuming
2: they're correct. Oh, you should have heard the words that I was. <laughs> um, I think uh, I there there was an event where there was a, um, a, uh, a company get together, uh, just, you know, a party. And there were, because it's a large company, there were hundreds of people there. And I brought my new boyfriend, now husband, uh, there with me and the manager was irate completely irate that i brought him and he was like um you know i was you were supposed to come home with me tonight or something was supposed to and i was, what i and i <laughs> kept and i kept saying like no, are you kidding me nothing is are, no no and he would he would often threaten saying you will not you know, I have the power to move you up in this company. I have the power to ensure you never get promoted. And he would say, I have the power. Those were her, his words. Um, I,
0: I'm watching you, Chantel.
2: I Hillary, know, I'm you're sorry. like I have the benefit of hair.
0: watching. Hillary doesn't. Uh, Chantel is sitting here listening to Sarah's story, and you're losing it, girl. Oh, oh
3: I am. I am.
0: <laughs> well, because this is, I mean, the story that Sarah's
3: describing, in my view, is very, um, it's very common, to a certain extent, uh, what I'm hearing is is, as in the Weinstein matter, all sexual harassment, all sexual violence, whether it be in the workplace or elsewhere, involves a, a, an imbalance of power, necessarily. And that's what was going on here, right? He, this manager was using his power over you, a young lady 20 years old, starting her career. he knew quite well the power imbal- the power imbalance that existed and how vulnerable you were in that situation to to what was going on it he
2: I, it was like everything is 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 looking back like in the moment it's so much i didn't see and understand but looking back it, it's i it's amazing how just maybe my own life experience it you know, i just know better i i know what signs to look out for and i know how i what i what i can do um I think it's when, um, and again, the, the, the exact sequence of events are obviously a little scattered right now, but, um, the day that he actually had slipped his hand and it went under my panties, um, he had said, you know, I, because now I had a boyfriend, he had said, I can make you feel better, uh, than he could. Um, and, and, um, and at that work event, when he was mad at me, and he actually went and yelled at my boyfriend too, about, something. we just wrote it off to him being drunk. You know, I tried to play it off as, oh, my manager's just been into the booze. ha ha, ha. And it wasn't funny. I was terrified. I was actually, that night, I actually went home feeling terrified, thinking, oh my God, now he's got my my boyfriend like he now knows who my boyfriend is he's seen him and I actually wondered like is he gonna go I know this sounds absurd but as a 20 year old who didn't know what her manager was gonna do I actually wondered is he going to go and beat up my boyfriend I don't know it was probably that might have been irrational or maybe it was completely rational who knows but um I did end up writing a letter to my um I sent it to uh HR and the upper management about everything that had happened because i was i i, I can't work like this anymore I, I liked the company a lot i really liked the company a lot um but i couldn't work in those conditions and um and i got I, they, they i got an email that there would be a meeting and i was like oh good okay why did i wait so long this is gonna happen
0: finally they're gonna hear your story and he's yeah. gonna be gone or
2: yeah screw him oh i was like so happy and i went into the room and hr wasn't there it was the upper management my, this male manager, him sitting there and his, one of his equal counterparts, a, a female, another female manager sitting there looking at me. And I, 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 was, I didn't know he was going to be here. I started shaking, sweating. I, I, I'm i supposed to talk about all this where, you know, you're, and he's like, there he is right in front of me. And, um, management basically, told me that they didn't believe me they couldn't believe I would make such things up that they knew him he's been there for years he would never do such a thing never this is absurd um and uh they wrote an official reprimand and put it in my file my file for making false accusations against management and they actually got they actually the upper management uh, person said to me um, I can't believe you sent this to HR. You it, it was out. You were out of line by sending this to HR. Isn't
0: that what HR is for?
2: Yes, that's what you would have thought.
0: Yeah, I've I've since learned that HR is usually acting in the company's best interest, not necessarily every employee's best interest. So I distrust HR to be perfectly honest with you. I've always said if you have a a problem, go outside the company for advice because maybe that's the best advice, the impartial advice, right? But you, I just, I really want to commend you because you say that you would have acted differently whatever do you know how many 20 year olds wouldn't have even gone as far as you did like just sending that letter getting the meeting like that took a lot of balls
2: well and I know of course after the fact after I, I quit surprise surprise I wasn't sticking around there much longer um I uh, I ended up quitting and uh, and finding another job um but I found out after I quit uh that he was doing the same things to other girls and they didn't say anything um one he harassed equally to the kind of same things that happened to me another girl he actually um he did rape violently um he ripped out her belly ring like it was so violent um oh my god and and I and so I said to them like why didn't you say anything and they're like well I we'd get fired it's like so he raped you enough that he like actually pulled like your 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 little belly ring out and and you'll be fired that's what you're worried about
0: that's the kind of culture that I guess they were creating in that that building and that environment that's so
2: but heartbreaking in, this, in the it, it's not even just that company it's that that's our society right is we are women are raised almost to be shamed when something I mean it's I feel it's changing I feel that culture is changing over the years but at the time like you look at approximately 20 years ago and yet yeah, you don't talk about that
1: there definitely is a change in culture. I mean, uh, 15 years ago, slut-shaming was at a, a forefront. If you were at all a sexual being in public, as a female, you were asking for it. And I I, I hope that that is definitely changing. But I, I could see why people would be concerned at that time. Do you think he got off more from the imbalance of power? Or do you think it was the sexuality of it like do you think it was more about power than sexuality
2: totally about power it was because once once that reprimand was on my file oh the the look in his face when he would see me things became worse in the office like he treated me open openly um, in front of other people like crap, not necessarily with the, uh, the sexual tones as before, but he basically, like, it was basically like I was the worst employee that that place yeah. could have ever. Isn't
0: that scary though, that if when someone thinks that they can treat you badly, they will, mm-hmm. because he could treat you badly because he had all the power in the world and yeah. he could have you fired in that day if he wanted to. Yeah uh that i we have to bring you on into this now chantelle because you're shaking your head you've heard all of this before i bet i've heard all of this before
3: that being said um i echo what sarah was saying and and hillary as well i feel and i'm hopeful as a woman that there's that there's a change in society as as it relates to these these issues um how matter was dealt with 17 years ago may not be the same today we're really seeing in my view, a change in perception, we're seeing a change in laws to better protect employees against stuff like this. Because no one wants to go into a, work, into a workplace where, where you feel humiliated on a daily basis, where you're unhappy. And frankly, it's not in the company's interest either. Why? Because you're unproductive, and you're not going to give the company the best results. So in my view, and I do, and I am seeing that change, I am seeing an evolution in, in the way that we deal with sexual harassment claims um, from victims, because let's be honest, sexual harassment and rape allegations are usually not false. In very few instances are they false. Um, there are instances, but that, they're not that common. So we are seeing a perception and change, in, in hopefully what I I I hope are human resources departments who's who are starting to take these complaints a lot more seriously. And we are seeing changes in terms of the laws and in terms of the obligations of employers to look into these matters. I mean, now these days, employers have obligations to investigate immediately claims made like this by by someone like Sarah. You have a a legal obligation. And if you don't follow that legal obligation, the Ministry of Labour is coming after you. And things like... Um, you know, being reprimanded because you're making these claims or bringing forth these complaints, that's ludicrous. I'm happy this was 17 years ago and not today. Um, today, to a certain extent, the laws even protect complainants. As long as the complaint is made in good faith, you should not be reprimanded, disciplined, or fired for anything that you bring forward, which could be... Um, which could be sexual harassment, sexual violence in the workplace.
2: Well, I think looking back, um, and and I was thinking about this actually this morning on my way here, Um, if this had happened today, and I was 20 years old today, I would be able to go onto the internet and look up and find an Ontario website, Canadian law, anything, I would be searching for it. 17 years ago, the, I mean, the internet was just starting. We didn't have those resources as accessible online as we do now. And and so the way I would have found help is by making a phone call and having to tell my story to somebody else, thus making me feel even more vulnerable, um, or any victim for that matter. And so now you can quietly research it. You don't have to tell your story to get the information. You can click the links in the yeah. FAQs to get the help <laughs> you need. But back then you had to make that phone call to the labor board or wherever and say, here is my story. What are my rights? Now you can just read about it and, and feel it, you're almost protecting yourself. That being said, that's still to a certain extent
3: somewhat of a problem, right? Because we as women in society don't feel that we can come out and make these claims without without feeling shameful about it. Right. And that's the problem with
0: sexual harassment where, wherever it occurs. Uh, you and know, you still have to work with this. Well, the, exactly. Sometimes you still have to see and work with your acu- the person you're accusing every single day. What happens from there? How do you sh- get past it?
3: You feel shameful. Yep. You're in shock because it's happened. You don't know how to deal with it. You, you're expecting people to somewhat trivialize the, the incidents or the, the harassment that you're, that you're a victim of um, because that's what has been done decades and de- for decades and decades and decades.
1: Beyond um, that, I think, like Chantel, I think having to relive those moments, if they are a trigger moment for you, depending on the severity of the harassment or the assault... If it was very painful for you in the first place, you're not going to want to relive that.
3: And that's the reason most vic- most victims never come forward with their allegations or their complaints because you do not want to be placed in a forum where you will be re-traumatized by these incidents and where you're going to have to recount exactly what happened. I mean, I can just put myself, I'm trying to put myself in Sarah's shoes right now to have to relive the fact that this son of a bitch put his hand up her skirt. To me, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel for having to relive those events time and time again. So you have to tell your story to HR. It's embarrassing. You have to tell your story to a lawyer. It's embarrassing. Then depending on if, you know, if you proceed or not, if you take legal action or not or whatever you do, at some point you're going to be faced with a, a legal system which may not be as sympathetic as you're hopeful, as you're hoping that it's going to be towards what you've experienced uh as, as a victim of
0: sexual harassment and violence. Yeah, you think back to Gomeshi and that trial last year. That was one of the most painful trials to read about on a date, but it, what the defense did to those women on the stand and just destroy. And you've heard about stories of that. You know, you've heard about the way a lot of victims of sexual harassment, assault, rate all those things say, well, I don't want to come forward because they're going to re-traumatize me on the stand. Did they ever? Mm-hmm. Did they ever? And yeah. I mean...
3: The Harvey Weinstein story in Hollywood is our, you know, somewhat Gian Gomashi story here in Canada. Yeah, and uh, you're right. I mean, those women were they were put on the stand, and they were every potential piece of information where their credibility could have been doubted, their sexual history, they, um, the fact that they continued to to speak to this individual after the fact one would know dealing with sexual harassment and sexual violence that you're in shock you're in disbelief you commonly continue to engage the other individual because you're not too sure how to deal with the matter you're you're trying to to figure it out and these are these are common symptoms as far as i'm not symptoms but common events the fact that you continue to engage, the fact that it it takes a long time for you to tell anyone about it, these are common factors of sexual harassment complaints. Um, We see this frequently. Why? Because people are trying to figure it out. However, those same things, the fact that it took a while, the fact that you continue to engage with the individual after the fact, are what are commonly held against sexual harassment victims, for example, in the Gian Gomeshi trial, um, so so it's um, it's it's difficult for women who are victims of sexual harassment to navigate through that and to feel that they are supported and want to disclose and want to divulge this information.
1: Well, generally, people who experience sexual harassment or assault, it it happens from somebody that is well integrated in their life, be it a coworker or on a personal level, like a family member. And these are people that are so integrated with the other people in your life that you can't distance yourself. So you have to
0: find a way to coexist. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, You know, I really wanted to talk about the people who are complicit in all of this because that's the part where I was talking about on the front about the Weinstein story. it, it You know, it, it. yes, it's horrible what he did too, but the the level of insulation this guy had and the number of people that knew about it. When you hear that everybody in Hollywood knew about it, it's like, what the fuck? You all knew? And not one of you stood up and said anything? And I realized the media had a had a very big responsibility in all of this, and it took them years to finally write the story about Weinstein. But how many people, Sarah, knew at your place of work what was going on and did nothing beside before you went to management and mm-hmm. told them about it. Surely someone knew about this guy. You were saying he was doing other to girls too.
2: Well, yeah. So I found out about two of them after the fact, um, like after I had, had quit. Um, but then to learn that there were other, like, again, it's all hindsight. That the turnover there of of staff, all the all the male employees were around for the long haul. It seemed, um, but now looking back. Girls didn't last more than a couple months there. The turnover of, of female staff was incredible. And I, I am not sure how many knew and, and didn't say anything, that they just quit. Like, I don't know if I was the only one that spoke up or if others did and they just brushed it on the table. Either way, if, even if I was the only one, management now knew and they didn't, they didn't care. They didn't care. And uh, it was harder because uh, it was female management. And you would think that um, at least the t- in that room at the time, so there was him and then the senior manager, which was a woman, and then his, his counterpart, which was a female. Um, and they, for them to just look at me and I you would think that a woman would be on your side. I, I, there's almost like it's supposed to be a sisterhood when it comes to certain issues, right? Regardless, all walls go down, we're sisters. Um, and this should be one of those times and they didn't and that crushed me that and you know after all this came out like when I when I when I'm reading stories especially about Rose McGowan who her career pretty much was over because she went out and made accusations and everyone said you're a lunatic get out of here I kind of feel like in my little tiny world (laughs) that that I was one of the first ones to maybe speak up about him and they said you're a lunatic and my career there essentially ended um and I've thought about going and when, when all this kind of—I—I ha- I, want to actually send a message because you can. Everyone looks everyone up on Facebook. Let's be honest. And I want to send a message, um, to those female managers. Like I, I, I don't—I I still don't know if I'm going to. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. But um,
0: we'll we'll find them and send them this podcast. How's yeah, that? Yeah.
2: But I want to <laughs> say, you know, why didn't you have tag the back? company? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I want to say, why didn't you? Why didn't you have my back? Why didn't you believe me? why was it so important to take his side and then of course you start thinking maybe they were protecting themselves because of the way the the corporate culture was maybe maybe if they went ahead and believed me and took it higher maybe they would have been punished uh, who knows right
0: um, yeah maybe they were women who worked very hard to get into a pretty high position and thought mm, i really could jeopardize that if i rock the boat yeah. i i could it's wrong 100% wrong yeah. But that could be one of the reasons, unfortunately. Or yeah. m-
1: maybe they had to deal with it, too, and they're like, well, we had to deal oh. with it, so you do as well. Mm-hmm. Because oh. there is a lot of that, oh, we paid our dues. That kind wow. of stuff happens a lot. Uh, yeah.
0: Ch- Chantelle, do you see a lot of sexual harassment cases of this level still today than you would have maybe 17 years ago? Of this level, no.
3: No, we do see them. But of this level, they're fairly rare these days. Um, people, I I. I believe, are a lot more careful about what they do at work. Because to a certain extent, uh, these days, again, coming back to to how I'm hoping there's a cultural change happening, um, laws are now forcing employers to actually train all of their employees on, on what is sexual harassment, and what you can and can't do in the workplace. And you know, all of all employers need to put in place some policies, and those policies about sexual harassment need to be distributed. So I think people are, people are a little bit more attuned to these issues these days. Therefore, a lot more careful. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm feeling that it's not happening as happening as much in the workplace. It's, it's happening outside of the workplace. Oh, yes, just yes, it is not in the workplace.
1: In I the do work- feel. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I do feel like social media has changed the landscape of what's acceptable and what's not. Because in years past, it would be word of mouth. And now, even if you can't approach somebody legally or you can't approach somebody through your employer, that word can spread so quickly. And people complain about social justice warriors and people taking it to, to media. But... People can't get away with anything anymore.
3: But social media is helping us to a certain extent, in my view. Because That's what I mean, yeah. You know, you you look at the Weinstein story. Um, what happened was one lady was, was more vocal, and then everyone came out on social media more than anything else. Social media gave a forum to these ladies to be able to disclose. They gave a forum to these ladies to feel as if they weren't going to be shamed because you can't you're not going to shame 25 ladies. You're going to find some truth in what they're saying. Uh, It's easier to find truth in what 25 women are saying rather than one. So social media is giving us a forum to basically band together and say, this isn't acceptable to us, which in the past, most women didn't have that forum, didn't have the forum to band together.
2: Well, I also think that if, again, I, I looking at Rose McGowan, who was one of the f- first to really vocally come forward. I think the fact that she is a bit quirky um, made it easy to dismiss her claims, and I think it's um, we one change that still needs to happen is it doesn't matter. It, you could be quirky, you could be weird, you could you know it doesn't it it shouldn't matter um, that someone who Uh, you know, has a a bit of a better reputation, made the statement, oh, she must be believable, as opposed to the, you know, the... Right. When when Gwyneth
0: Paltrow made it, it was like, whoa, what? Gwyneth Paltrow, too? Yeah. That gave it a lot of credibility, actually. And Angelina Jolie, when they came out, it's like, oh, it's A-listers, not just Crazy Rose. I heard someone call her Crazy Rose. See, and
2: that's a huge problem as well. That Mm -hmm. shouldn't matter. This is a woman who is saying, this happened to me. And it should be listened to and investigated and taken seriously. And I had a huge problem with that, too, because that poor poor Rose, you know, Um,
0: Rose has been kicking ass and taking names for years. And she hasn't been getting the credit that she deserves because she's been squashed like a bug, and she's been trying so hard to be vocal. She's been telling everybody. No one has listened to Rose. No. That's yeah, the difficult
1: part about anything to do with sexual harassment or sexual assault is that it shouldn't matter. I could have slept with a thousand men, and it, as long as they were consensual, it shouldn't matter if I slept with one who forced himself on me. He should still be,
0: you know, held accountable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, here's a question I have about sexual. We talked about, Chantel, you said most claims are usually valid when people say they've been assaulted or harassed or whatever. M- usually women wouldn't lie about something like that. So let's say I, 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 I'm sexually harassed at work. Uh, then I go to management and I say, he did this to me. And then he says, oh, it never happened. Uh, he absolutely st- and I'm sure most men who do this deny it. Where do you take it from there when one person says something happened and the other doesn't?
3: I think these days the employer has an obligation to take it further. If it's a he said she said, they have an obligation to investigate further than just the he said she said. Talk to coworkers, they have an obligation to look into into potential pattern they have they have an obligation to not leave it just at that. That being said, um if if following their investigation there's still not much that can be um that can be proven to a certain extent I say that very largely right proven is is um has a legal connotation but I say that very largely then at that point the employee has some legal rights as it relates to to claiming that their claim was not taken seriously they can no longer live or work in 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 a toxic environment um, and they can no longer produce in that toxic environment I mean if Sarah were had seen me 17 years ago or if this was going on today and she had seen me I would have said you know what they've technically fired you they technically have fired you by the way that they have reacted to this situation they have created what is considered a poisoned and toxic environment for you and you don't have to work there and you can sue them and you can you can go after them for some you know, some damages. Is that the end all to be all? No, because, um, but at least if the legal system on that front can help victims, then it does. Um, And that's what I would suggest to a victim who finds themselves in a situation where where it's a he said, she said, um, but they are still uncomfortable working in that environment, which they will be. They will be, they will most likely, like Sarah, just quit, And they'll start elsewhere and they'll try to forget that this ever happened.
2: Which is exactly what I think happened. Just not only with the way he treated me after I reported it, but even the way other managers treated me after it came out. Because obviously even other managers heard about what happened and now I was your r- trouble yeah your troublemaker yeah. in the workplace and they they wanted me gone they had no legal grounds to terminate me so obviously they they couldn't um but they they sure as hell made sure that I was going to quit they made po- like it was very it was so toxic
0: yeah at what point though Chantal, do you Lawyer up. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm, if I, do I, see, I gave this legal advice at the front like I knew anything about anything. <laughs> Hillary, I've never, I've never lawyered up, but I hope to one day. But uh, seriously, though, is it in your best interest to have an independent person come in and, and help represent you with HR? Or should you go it alone until uh, you don't get the result you want? It depends on the situation.
3: I think it really depends. It's it's a case-by-case analysis. Um, and it depends on the level of comfort of the individual with HR. Uh, I usually suggest in these situations to lawyer up quite quickly
0: uh, because... I know that's shocking coming from a lawyer. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> shocking. I can't believe you just said that, yes. <laughs> lawyer up quickly, unfortunately. And for the simple fact that the lawyer can help you at least make sure that you are protected initially in the course of that investigation, that you no, are no longer a victim of reprisal and retaliation in the workforce, because that's what happened. As soon as happens, usually, as soon as you're, as soon as you make a complaint, you're usually a victim of retaliation. Uh, either the manager, or your colleagues know that you made this complaint. So you become a target, you become a target for everyone. You become ostracized, you become an outcast, um, So involving a lawyer really quickly to say, well, no, complaints been made, you have an obligation to protect this individual during the course of this complaint, will hopefully assist the victim in being able to openly and freely disclose what happened and come to some form of what we hope to be a good resolution. However bad the situation is, the goal is that everyone is able to move on. And if it's if it's serious allegations against a manager, against a coworker, sexual harassment and violence, I can tell you that these days, based on on what courts and the Human Rights Tribunal are saying these days, this manager's ass would have been on the road. Um, Beyond just been, within the workplace, also probably criminally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So he would have been fired. I'm convinced that he would have been fired and lost his job over this.
2: Now, would if this had been something that, that, that instead, of, you know, I go to my management, Would if someone didn't feel comfortable going to management or finding a lawyer, like, do you just call the police and say, this happened to me? You
3: can. You can. To a certain extent, the police um, may not be in a position to help you with what's going on in the workplace. They will take it from a criminal perspective. They're going to see... They're going to start their own investigation, but they will also tell you, we'll talk to a lawyer to deal with the workplace issues right away. Um, but at least you have two avenues, hopefully by then, um, to help you get through the situation.
0: What final piece of advice, Chantel, would you give anyone who's listening to the podcast right now and they're having trouble at work? What should they do right off the bat? First thing they should do.
3: First thing they should do is they they should... Um, they should make very detailed notes about what's going on, who did what, when, dates, keeping an accurate accounting of everything that happened. And then they should talk to someone about it. They should talk to HR or to any other manager or supervisor. Because again, with our cultural changes, with our legislative changes these days, there is that obligation of employers to protect employees against this type of behavior in the workplace. Behavior which is, which is offensive. Behavior which leads to very unproductive and, and, and unhappy workforce. Um, so it's to everyone's benefit that you very quickly talk to someone. I have one more question
1: for both of you. Uh, As a fallout from the Harvey Weinstein case and everyone coming forward, we've all seen the hashtag me too on social media on both Twitter and Facebook. Do you think that campaigns like this are helpful? I think they can be, you know,
2: a lot of, women I know won't, there's still an embarrassment, right? And I hate that we're embarrassed for something we did not do wrong. So some people aren't putting the hashtag out there. I think if every, if every woman did, it would have significant impact. Like every woman that it happened to, um, then it, then it would have significant, but there's still unfortunately, embarrassment. Embarrassment, I mean, honestly, my husband doesn't know I'm here today doing this podcast. I didn't want to talk about it, so and that's ridiculous. And I know that, and I should. Does be Does he over know it. it happened? Um, he knows that I had a jerk manager because obviously they had they had their own. Like he got confronted when again this he, was, he had only been my boyfriend like two months. He was brand new, um, but um, he doesn't know the details that I shared with you ladies here today. He doesn't. And I don't know why I never told them, and I don't know why I still haven't.
0: It's okay, I'll send them the podcast too.
2: <laughs> but I think the hashtag I mean I I did it. I shared that. Um, but I but it's only as effective as, as people are willing to speak out right. And yeah. just like at, at my workplace where those other women that uh, that this happened to didn't speak out. So you know it, then I was the lone lone person.
1: But I also feel like it's your story to tell whether you want to tell it or not. Absolutely. And you've lost your power before, so you mm-hmm. shouldn't be forced to do anything now.
2: No. Oh, oh, I I completely agree. I mean, again, it's embarrassing and it, and people don't want to put that hashtag. People I mean, my I put the hashtag and I I debated whether or not to because I'm my dad is on my Facebook. And my dad would see that. And how would my dad feel by seeing Wait a second, this happened to my baby girl. You know, I'm in my 40s, and that he would still look at that.
0: And he'd want to know more. And how come he couldn't protect you? Or why didn't you tell him? And he would have helped you. That's so female to
2: think about everybody
0: else before ourselves. Seriously. Fuck everybody else, Sarah. It's about you now. It's your time.
2: (laughs) I think, it, you know, I, I, I think women over the past few years, though, we are we are becoming stronger. Oh, All yeah. Of us mm-hmm. And we realize
0: there's power, there's strength in numbers. Yeah. And together, when we work together and we, you know, and, and we're a team, mm-hmm. like you talked about the sisterhood, yeah. the sisterhood is a beautiful thing if it's working properly, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Chantelle. i let you answer the question that uh, Hillary asked about the uh, Me Too campaign. I'm sorry. I interrupted. As no, I don't I worry do. about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it.
3: That, I'm not going to say very much more to say other than... We all need to speak out. We all need to speak out. And if the Me Too campaign helps us do that, then that's wonderful. All I right, campaign. ladies, I just
1: want to thank you both for uh, coming in today and uh, Sarah for sharing your story, Chantelle for sharing all of your expertise
0: I know I'm honored that you both came in today like we (laughs) Hillary and I literally were looking for people to talk about the story because we felt it's time sensitive we and you both stepped up thank you so much Sarah I can't uh, just knowing that you haven't really told this story before and now you've chosen to tell it it means a lot that you came in and talked about it I'm I hope this podcast gets listened to and shared and we start talking about it and having the conversation and Chantel you kick ass girl you keep kicking <laughs> ass in in the legal system for us we we're, appreciate it we're gonna keep kicking some some
3: sexual
1: harassment,
0: harassment. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that thank you yeah so much. thank you
1: and we'll make sure that we post links where you can reach Chantal if you have concerns in your workplace as well
0: perfect I'll do that in the podcast description
1: done thank you And don't forget to follow the quick and the dirty on social Instagram at Hillary on air at Sandra kiss one Oh five three Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra kiss one Oh five three and Facebook at quick and dirty podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at the quick and the dirty at gmail.com.